Welcome to Peaceful Power Conversations. Peaceful Power Project is a podcast focused on mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health and well-being. I am so grateful to have, and I realize I, I always like to say um, my guest's name just to make sure I'm saying it properly. So now will be my awkward moment. It's good to mess up in the beginning. <laughs> That's another way to release uh, nerves. But Terry, I meant to ask you before we began, is it Terry Gandy Richardson? Okay. Yeah, it looks like it would be <laughs> that simple, <laughs> but you, you never know. Um, so I am just really grateful uh, to to reconnect, to catch up. Um, Terry and I met, I don't know, we'll say in the like 13, year, 13 to 14 years ago, something like that. Right. Yeah, and a... Um, like near Chelsea in New York is that, you know, the twenties West side. And was it, was Paula your bestie at the time? At the time we were traveling together and just taking, well, actually we met at that studio, Paula and I. Okay. We decided to do teacher training at the same time. So that's how we got to be friends. So my image is of the two of you and just, it's so amazing, like a yoga practice or being in the seat of a teacher and having students come in because there was something about you and there was something about you as a duo, like with with friendship and connection and just the way you moved and held your entire person in presence. Um, and honestly, I didn't know all you do and create and are until pretty recently as I'm like discovering you on Instagram with all of your creations and your whole creative self in life. So at that time, it was purely, I wouldn't say like superficial, but it was just that energy um, where I was like, this is an incredible human. And so it's such a gift to have witnessed your journey um, both as yoga teacher and then a creator, creative human artist. Um, I would love to read your, I don't know whether to call it like the professional or traditional bio. Um, and I'd love to invite you to listen to the words that you chose <laughs> um, <laughs> as a bio, Uh-oh. right? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> and and it's been a cool experience. I used to just really go off the cuff with these conversations. Um, but I have a reverence in my heart for how my guests, how you have chosen to kind of put in into words who you are, what you do. Um, and and I was like, what? What? <laughs> this is amazing as well. So um, just a little bit of a celebration. Uh, to take it in and obviously for our listeners uh, to learn a bit more about you. So Terry Gandy Richardson. Terry is an abstract visual artist, primarily working in acrylic paint and now denim. Originally began studying architecture at the Cooper Union. Wow. Like I went to an arts high school and that was the the one like anyway, I won't uh, elaborated too much, before transferring and graduating instead with a BFA in painting. Stretching the boundaries of her art practice, she combined breath work in a gestural drawing exercise that she created for a creative arts therapies thesis, which unexpectedly inspired a career in yoga. Today, as a yoga professional, 500-hour ERYT, Terry teaches private sessions and group classes in Brooklyn, New York. Beyond her own experience with breast cancer in 2016, Terry certified with Yoga for Cancer to teach oncology yoga to other survivors, including Robin Roberts, who in 2019 featured Terry's Yoga for Cancer class on Good Morning America, and has since been hired to be the oncology yoga instructor for survivors and patients at, can you pronounce? Mimonides. Mimonides Cancer Center. Yeah, Actually, I have. I have heard it before, but looking at it was different um, where she did where she did her treatment as the final owner of Park Slope Yoga Center. Oh, I remember that found in 1999. Terry began nurturing the yoga community in Brooklyn in 2010 and continues to do so after closing her studio doors as a result of COVID-19 in 2021. 
As a recent addition to the faculty at Playwrights Horizons Theater School, NYU Tisch, Terry is thrilled to be teaching yoga and somatics with such a rich collective of creatives. With strong attention on systems of alignment, structure, and body, the core of Terry's process incorporates the architecture of the eight limbs of yoga philosophy as an outline to instill the tenets of connection to self and others for a valuable and grounded foundation for facing life's challenges. By creating a safe and open space for her students to find, validate, and champion their own discoveries, Terry leads all of her students to explore, stretch, twist, and weave the pieces of their personal experiences to celebrate themselves and benefit from the strengths and resources that they already have. Well, that sounds different outside of my head. (laughs) (laughs) And it's beautiful. But I feel, well, actually, I'm not going to, what did it sound like outside of your head or feel like outside of your head? I mean, really, it's um, like memory lane, like all the pieces. Like I always talk to my students about how when we're like five, we really are who we are then. And then it's just figuring out and learning about that person. So it's like all of my kids stuff, the things that I always did and loved are really woven into that whole piece. Like I just, um, I was a weird kid. I liked to move a lot. Um, I liked math and puzzles, building things, you know, drawing all the time. I started drawing when I was like three years old. Um, <clears throat> my dad, um, I liked the bumper pad in my crib, the foam. And I like, I had to have a piece of that weird between my fingers to help me go to sleep. That was like my like thing. So my dad cut shapes out of this like foam. And so I learned shapes really early, just like I had this whole thing with like texture and art. And um, so when you were reading that, I was thinking about like how all those pieces are basically like what I do now, what I teach. I love so much about that, especially having two kiddos now both over five. So at the time we're recording this because you could be listening in the future, I always say, Um, but it is, what is it even, October 4th and we're in 2023. So my kiddos are uh, seven and nine and there are certain things. People are like, oh, they'll grow out of that. And I'm like, I don't Mm. think so. (laughs) Not necessarily. So I will embrace and celebrate and see how um, this can be like in light as opposed to in in frustration and and I love um just that self-soothing that you found that was supported by your dad by like okay you like this let's let's make it even lean into it yeah lean into it oh I love that um and so yeah wonderful and I love that you went through um memory lane and again when I met you you can feel because when I was reading, I was like, oh my gosh, you <laughs> you have done so much. And you can feel that in your presence. Um, but but sure enough, it it was a journey, right? From from the art and the connection with breath work and then uh, and then moving into still in higher education, um, incorporating movement and sharing it with creatives as well. As this is October, this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, again, unless you're listening to this in another month, but just like most things that have a day or a month, I do honor and appreciate that, but I do hope if you're listening in a different month, this awareness is is prevalent and woven through every single month. So I just want to say that um, I am grateful to have you here on this special month, um, but also that this is this is a year round awareness, so to speak. Um, and I don't know, <laughs> I just, I wanted to kind of move into that space with you, um, especially the yoga for cancer. Um, maybe we'll pause, maybe we'll rewind. I'd love to start um, with where that became something that was supportive for you. So would you mind moving into your story? Um, first, let me just say thank you for asking me to be on your podcast. It's been a while since I saw you and I've been watching you on Instagram and just seeing 
the changes in your life and all these things. So it's just, it's really cool to connect again. Um, to answer your question, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you know, I think when I started to teach yoga, like I was never gonna teach in a yoga studio. That was not my plan. I was actually at the new school doing um, a certificate program in the creative, creative arts therapies, thinking that one day I would combine art somehow in yoga in a school setting or maybe a hospital. So that was my thinking. So I was in this program and I was doing this work and came up with this breath work and drawing thing. And I was really thinking that eventually yoga and somehow medical profession, artistic, you know, creative arts therapies would combine for me. So I had that always sort of in the back of my head. And then I started teaching yoga. Things kind of happened really quickly. Within a couple of years, I was like managing a studio and then I was owning a studio. It was just like whirlwind wasn't at all my plan, but here I am. And then um, tragically we lost my sister and I dove into my art, <clears throat> my art thinking brain and also my practice, my yoga practice. And not knowing at the time, I was really sort of developing this practice that I would pull on later. And then two years after that, I found out that I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And, you know, as a person who's always been moving, really um, considered myself to be a healthy person, and now in the sort of like health and wellness industry, um, that was a real punch in the gut to my ego, for sure. And just like my understanding of this body. And, um, you know, there's right away this sort of disconnect and um, a sense of betrayal, like this body that like, worked to like get you healthy and to be healthy and do all these things, then it's like that rug is sort of like really pulled out from under you. So I think, um, you know, that happens. And as human beings, we fall into like who we are. And again, like my ego was really tied into um, a lot in terms of um, how I perceive myself, how I thought other people perceived me, being the head of the studio, being this um, yogi and all these things that really got challenged. And um, in that moment, um, there's like that get real, like put your money where your mouth is, like you've been talking about and teaching these things for all this time. Do you actually believe these things? Um, you know, going through diagnosis, I was with a doctor who I hadn't met before and was telling me these things and stopped answering my questions and um, really felt unsafe in that space. Decided to get a second opinion and walked away from that hospital. Found another one and was really just sort of embraced by this team that really saw me. They understood um, right away, it's like they really got to know, they wanted to know like who I was, what my life was like, so that they could figure out how to get me back to that. And I think like right away that sense of um, support, again, sort of brought me back to my um, my practice, which is really based on the eight limbs, right? And the first limb, the yamas, is how we're connected to other people. And, um, you know, I think of the eight limbs as, um, there are things that we naturally do as human beings. They are those things, but we don't really give them as much attention unless we're really focused on studying them. So the go-tos that we do as human beings is to go to like lit kids when they fall, they scrape their knee. What do they do? They go to their mom, right? When we're upset, we go to our friends, we go to our family, we go to the people that like make us feel good and supported. And um, a couple of lights started to go on for me that really like kind of took my head and kind of went focus on your practice like focus on focus on the things that you know and really dive in so those things really helped me yeah I'm wondering um for well I heard so much um I know no no <laughs> in a positive way I heard um uh the slap in the face and the feeling betrayed by the body and what I didn't mention like upon first meeting you your uh, part of your essence and image is very is strong strong right that that um is 
that is like, I was like, wow, this, <laughs> this is a strong yogi, right? So having the physical asana practice that was very powerful. And so when you were sharing about that betrayal, it kind of pulled me back into that. And I'm curious um, to pause there. You said there were like go-tos in your practice. I was wondering what go-tos really supported you with connecting with a different body or a body going through um going through the journey and the transition uh, to where you are now. I was wondering if you could elaborate on that. Sure. Um, you know, right away, you know, something bad happens. What do we want to do? We want to run. And I think that um, I ran into my practice and into the physicality of the practice of trying to, you know, you go through literally it's like the stages of grief, right? Like wanting to be completely in denial and like run. So it was, I'm going to just practice get out of my head. I'm not going to think about it. I'm going to run. So I did a lot of that. Um, and then I think there was the, like, sort of the, what I call the farewell tour of saying goodbye to a body that's changing and that I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but let me just like kind of hold on to what I know in the moment. And um, in doing that, um, you know, I owned a yoga studio at the time, so I was there all the time. And I was taking classes with like all my teachers um, and taking classes with my community and being around all these people and seeing them show up every day for their practice helped me to show up for my practice. It um, in a way um, helped me to be more compassionate with myself about what was going on because nobody really knew at that time. Um, I was still trying to figure out how I was managing it. I think in the beginning too, I hadn't, um, hadn't really told my family either. I was kind of trying to figure out how to let them know. Um, my parents in particular, I had one sister and it was just the two of us and they had already lost, we had already lost my sister. It was like, how am I going to even tell them? Like there's a possibility that they're going to leave their only daughter left. So just like, I felt a lot of pressure and weight. And um, for me, the movement of practice was always freeing and liberating. So in doing that, um, getting into sort of that meditative state of flow also helped me to get to a point where it was like, the running is not going to actually help you. And you have to figure out like how to actually move forward. And then there was sort of like that next step and kind of going back and forth. There is that like, um, I want to run, but I know that if I run, it's just going to be longer before I'm either in a worse situation or back and starting over again. So I think having the team of doctors that I had and feeling that support helped me to kind of trust them um, and to have conversations with them to help me to move forward. So again, like I said, with the ego, um, you know, of like, I can't believe this is me. Maybe it's somebody else's chart, even like getting a second opinion was like, yeah, let's get a second opinion because maybe this doctor doesn't even know what they're talking about. Maybe, you know, it's not cancer. Maybe it's something else. Um, and that was sort of, I guess, the energy that I was moving towards a second opinion. But um, having found this team that I really built this trust with, we kind of exhausted all the things. So I felt like we did enough investigation. There's enough facts in front of me that I can take this information and now make some choices and how to move forward. I love to hear that you did ultimately navigate your way to a support system, especially of professionals as well, mm -hmm. um, and didn't get lost in that system and advocated uh, for yourself. When you said the term like your farewell tour, like really immersing yourself in your studio, your community, the movement practice, the flow, um, the words that came to me were um, acceptance. Um, and surrender. So from that running, from the running to the, to the reality, to the, to the acceptance. Um, and am, am I like feeling those <laughs> words close Absolutely. to the experience? Yeah. I mean, you know, acceptance is the last, um, is the last step on the grief wheel. <laughs> um, but I think to surrender, right. And the whole yogic, practice you know we're surrendering all the time to ourselves our ego 
our tendencies. Um, so it's like the more you run, the faster you run. It's kind of like, I don't know, I feel like there's some movie or something somewhere, like a horror movie, or you're like running, running, running. And like, all you're doing is you're running smack up into a mirror, right? And looking at yourself, no matter what direction you go, eventually you're just running into yourself the whole time. And um, at some point you're kind of like, okay, next, I actually have to look. I actually have to go deeper. And it's hard. It's not easy by any means. But, um, you know, I think in some ways, like I was really lucky to have my practice. I was lucky to be in, um, you know, it was my job. I showed up to a studio every day of people like doing yoga and I got to do that and be, you know, witness to other people going through their stuff and having people pull me aside or having students like, you know, uh, fall apart or cry in class and just like go through different things. And I felt like in that container, in that space, I had enough um, experience and witnessing, for lack of a better word, to have those tools um, and experience to be able to learn what I was supposed to do a little bit maybe sooner than I may have had I been back at my like graphics like sort of corporate job <laughs> you know back in the day absolutely what a gift um having the practice going into this and that was I'm not going to open up my phone again to look but that was part of the bio as well is that you use these practices tools modalities creativity in order to navigate the challenges, not just for you, but to support your your students in that as well. Um, I am curious uh, how the training for working specifically the yoga for cancer, is that a trademark? Is that a, um, you took the training and then you used and incorporated your own um things within it. I'd love to learn more about that. I'm always interested in how people shape um, this beautiful practice to uh, support different, you know, different, very specific needs. So I'm, I'd love to learn more about that. Sure. Um, well, you know, as a yoga teacher already and owning a studio and being a person who likes to move and feeling like um, at the time the doctors were saying, you know, lumpectomy, which would mean radiation for like, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks and I just knew that for me if that was going to be my reality I was going to need to be able to do something else to counterbalance and like help my mindset um to really be able to deal with that so I literally started googling yoga and cancer and I found this woman named Tari Prinster who's become my mentor through yoga for cancer and it's her foundation that she started um probably you know, say maybe 20 years ago, um, you know, when the medicine was very different, um, the whole thinking of yoga and practice and yoga and like, you know, medicine kind of coming together was very different. Um, so <clears throat> she started this yoga for cancer method based on her own um, experience with breast cancer. And I, you know, found her online and, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me, um, and um, I found her online. I saw a couple of her videos. You know, at the time, there's a lot of people doing online videos. And I was just like, let me see if I even like this woman or like see how she feels to me. And loved her right away. And I had no idea that she was actually running classes in New York. Um, no idea. But I bought her book. And I was preparing for what I called my cancer vacation. Like I knew I was going home, you know, kind of convalescing and just... Um, resting and healing from the treatment plan that I had um, decided on, agreed on. And so I was collecting books to be able to like be at home and like lounge. And so she was one of the first books that I got. And it was probably three months after my surgery, um, I had found out that she had this class in New York. And so I showed up for class and the first class um, that I showed up for yoga for cancer class and it's basically um, oncology yoga is regular yoga poses there's certain ones that we do not do but there are certain poses that support the side effects of treatment in cancer so that's the whole method and so I showed up for this class 
you know, with my attitude and toe, ego, of like this remedial yoga class is going to be like a story. It's going to be this and that or whatever. Um, and it, Tari didn't teach the first class that I showed up to. She taught the second class because um, I showed up for the second class because I was so humbled in that first one. And it was literally, I never thought that I was the person who needed to be around other people who'd gone through the same experience. It just didn't feel like that's what I needed. But I knew that this practice was going to be um, my re-entry per se into my physical yoga practice. And I liked her book and it was kind of like these um, building blocks, right? It was like how you sort of get back to wherever you think you're going. So I showed it for class and um, being around other people and being in a room of people breathing and moving again, just like warmed every part of my body and my heart and my soul. And so I came back to class the following week and Tari was there and I was just like, I recognize her right away. And you know, in yoga, regular yoga class, you kind of get in the back corner, you, you know, if you're sort of new, you try to like hide from everybody and just be on your mat. But you can't really do that in yoga for cancer class because the teacher kind of needs to know like where you're at. So they know what to look at for and to keep you safe. So I was trying to like run away from Tari and she like wouldn't let me and kind of got up to me and like, you know, we had a little chat and it was nice. And um, I was in um, tabletop, hands and knees. And she asked, you know, put one hand behind your head. And I laughed because I knew from range of motion for my surgeries, like I actually could not do this at all. And so I laughed. I was kind of like, yeah, I can't do that. But I, you know, lifted my hand and I kind of like, you know, made a faux gesture, like was going to try to do it even though I couldn't. And in that moment, I, I felt the rest of my body was in the position that it was supposed to be in and I was holding myself up. And so in that second, I was just like, oh, okay, this thing isn't happening with this hand, but everything else is there. So everything, like everything isn't lost or broken. It's just this piece. So in that moment, um, I understood sort of like the building back. And then what is really crazy is that um, my teachers, I have a couple of teachers who um, teach like a, a camp every summer up at Kripalu and that was coming up. And I was really heartbroken that I was not going to be able to do that. Um, but I thought maybe there was something else I could do and I could go with them to be up there and kind of, you know, like trying to like claw myself back to my like regular life. So the Kripalu catalog came and I was like, well, maybe there's something else I can do. So I opened up the catalog and I was like looking at the thing for my teacher's camp. And it was in one side of like the fold of this catalog. And I was like all sad, like looking at it. Oh, I can't go or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Couldn't go. And then literally on the other fold, and I kept this because it's real, and the other side was a yoga for cancer teacher training program. So I decided, and was that the same week? <laughs> you know, I had chills. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, you're supposed to do this. So it was between my first surgery and my second surgery. I went and I did um, that training program sort of like in the moment of like coming back and dealing with this body that was different. Um, but at the same time, not as different as I once thought it was and learned why yoga for cancer, the method teaches certain poses a certain way while I was sort of that student um, in a yoga for cancer class, learning about why and how yoga is really, really good for cancer survivors. I mean, it's good for everybody, everybody in my mind should be doing yoga, but um, definitely um, for cancer. So that's how I ended up. And then, so when I did that training, um, you know, I still had two surgeries that year. And um, the following year, I started subbing um, yoga for cancer classes. And then within a year, we did a training, uh, we did a, um, a free class at my studio for survivors. Beautiful. I'm really struck by, um, and I got chills with the the catalog. I'm glad you saved it because it's just what life does. <laughs> like the universe yeah. will put it like right in front of your face, especially if you're, and not to say that, um, you know, grieving or feeling that longing over like something you love and you aren't, aren't doing at that moment 
isn't very valid, but then to have this gift of your next, your next training, right? Your next seat as a teacher, right? You're already right. in the seat of a yoga teacher, the seat of a studio owner, studio owner, the seat of the practitioner for many years of your practice. And now you're invited to sit in this, um, in this new space. Uh, I, I would like to go back even before that, the, I can't do this, but everything else is where it should be. Oh my gosh. Like I'm not completely broken. It's just this part. Um, and how working outside in or inside out to me, that's an, and they both are part of the yoga teachings, but Mm -hmm. that to me so much is an outside in. Sometimes we have to be in action for the mind to act, to put it all together. And when you told that story, you felt it and then thought it like the, the body taught taught the mind. Mm -hmm. Um, It made me think of when you're doing, and I'm going to speak of running, not like the running away, but the actual like sport of running um, that when you're running endurance and it gets very hard, one of the mindset tools is to find one thing that doesn't hurt <laughs> so, <laughs> like, like my earlobe I think I, I heard it on a marathon a training academy podcast but like focus on the earlobe but also just that you know realization that this range of motion isn't available yet or at in this moment because this moment is all we have right, right. um but x y and z is is exactly how it should be and and let the focus that you know energy goes where or energy flows where your attention goes and so putting that focus on all the um the abilities especially of the body that's been through um change yeah i mean and not to um make light of it although um there is something to be said for making light of certain things but it is really a certain amount of like getting out of your own crap right and getting out of your own head and your own you know I was so attached and I hadn't you know I mean we never really know how attached we are to our own stuff but like the ego of like yes I'm going to through medial yoga stuff whatever blah 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 you know like that whole thing and being in a shape that because I think I had always been so athletic, I'd never had an injury, um, you know, I kind of moved from being a gym person into being a yoga person. So even that shape, right, tabletop shape, never really thought that much about it, right? Because it's always been so accessible and kind of a transition kind of a thing um, to be in that shape and have something so simple happen and to, yeah, get out, right? So having that, experience from outside of my own self and outside of the even the physical state of that right and the mechanics of it and um really laughing at it so much right so like making fun of it as I'm in it and then realizing like this humongous like profound like experience that just happened so it's um again in teaching um even a class like that so yoga for cancer the method uses four yoga blocks. So that whole idea around using props and having support is not something that, you know, once we get to a certain point in our yoga practice, it's like we don't really want to use props, but the using of props helps us to focus on the things that we're not paying attention to as much, right? So it's similar to what you're saying with the ear focused on the earlobe. Well, when you're using props in your yoga practice, you're not struggling so much to hold the shape, you're more, excuse me, if I'm not talking so much yet, Um, you're not focused on so much holding yourself up, you're having the experience of what's actually happening in your body. So it's forcing you to have more awareness and to focus it in a place that is more beneficial, that actually helps you the next time around. And I think that lesson in so many different ways has um, been the lesson that I learned from having had cancer. So it's like, um, you know, my, um, you know, just different people along the way in terms of like the, 
um, scan texts and even the receptionist was like, you know, we've seen a lot of people come through here. This will be an experience. It'll be, you know, it's a bump in the road that you'll look back on later and it won't feel as huge and as overwhelming as it does to you now. And like, you know, you're kind of like, they're being nice. They're saying this, you're trying to like make me feel good and calm my stress down because, you know, they're taking your blood pressure and it's like skyrocketing. But um, at the end of the day, it is. And it's how you show up and deal with it. Um, and there are many ways to do that. And I, and I want to transition to one of the ways that you've developed. So number one, you've created this way that was, you know, your own practice. And now you serve others with it, the yoga for cancer. But also you've created this journal, um, which, <laughs> which uh, I, I will, you know, buy and gift. And, and the cards are beautiful as well. I'm like, I can get these and gift these. Um, but you just shared that there are many ways. There's definitely not a one size fits all, though I will be the first to say that yoga does benefit every everybody um, with an openness and a willingness and some humility um, <laughs> in like stepping into the practice. Um, but you also use your creativity as part of your healing as well. And I would love for you to share with our listeners about things that you've created to support others on their journey and was journaling or writing or this type of mindset practice, something that supported you as well. Sure. Um, you know, I've been, like I said, as a creative, I've been making artwork since I was three in different ways. And, um, you know, I think of yoga, you know, also just as my, my dad had originally taught math, so math was always um, just like puzzles and formula and balance. And so I think of this yoga practice as algebra, like you're balancing the two sides of the equation. And um, for me, it has always been artwork, but also balancing the physicality. But I think um, in yoga, we get so, because many of us, the entry into yoga is the physical practice, that we forget that there are other pieces and I think having that sort of creative peace and being able to like be quiet and be still and, you know, make things. And for me, the making things has always been writing as well, journaling, drawing, um, combining the two, and then eventually um, painting, which this year I've made a conscious effort to go back to making my creative practice more of my life. I kind of, um, fell into the yoga rabbit hole with um, managing and then owning a business and then just, you know, kind of took away from my, what was my traditional way of creating? It kind of turned into other ways of being creative and um, finding, like you said, other ways to support not only survivors, but, you know, students in regular yoga classes to, um, to find their way through their practice. So in writing my books, I'm working on a book, but as I was writing my book and journaling and writing my book, um, certain ideas kind of like came out to me. And I realized that for me, writing and having a journal always was something that helped me. And it helped me through my cancer um, experience. One, in terms of just like writing down some of the things that doctors were saying to me, trying to keep track of things that, you know, appointments, um, what things were about, what medications could come up, things that I wanted to research, um, but also just like how I was feeling and kind of having that brain and heart dump into my journal helped me to unload some of the stuff that I was actually carrying. So I know I just said like a few different things, but um, so in writing my book um, and, and the journaling that I was doing and kind of being in the two spaces of sharing my experience and my practice, and also unloading some of the emotional things that were coming up, sort of in that space of sharing my experience to other people. I was like, you know, I'm also, I'm, as I'm writing this for you, I'm writing this also for myself. And that's what happens in a journal, right? You're writing for your two selves, like the person who's going through the experience of what is happening but also the person who's sort of trying to make sense of it all. Um, so the person having experiences 
who's also trying to make sense. And I feel like those two people are two different people. It's like the right brain and the left brain at the same time. And, you know, I hadn't really thought that much of it, but I was just like, oh, why don't I just make a journal? Um, I've been talking about my book and it's going to be a while before my book comes out. But in that vein of helping people sort of process where they're at, I decided to create this journal. And from the journal ended up coming these um, greeting cards. And the journal is specifically for people who are going through the cancer journey. And it basically is acceptance. Accepting cancer means too. And there are various um, little affirmations that are just really simple few words that really like from day to day just kind of helps you to be like, have your feelings, inspire yourself, just be you. Like you really don't have to be anybody else but that. And, um, you know, calm, like finding calm and just appreciating who you are every day. Like those things just really help if you can just sort of meditate. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. And just thank you for putting it out there. How do people get this journal? Is it available now? I know the book is it actually, future. It actually is. I mean, it's kind of simple to do these things these days. Like literally, like I hadn't thought of it by the end of the day. I was like, oh, that's the whole like, kind of thing. But if you follow me on Instagram and just go to the bio, there are a couple of um, clicks you can click on. You can either get the journal or you can get the, um, the cards. If you go into one of those, and my little stop is Terry Creative. So if you click on Terry Creative, you can actually access both of them. But um, in this time for supporting everyone, um, you know, it's just the thing. Just really give yourself a little bit of a break. I love it. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm going to place orders because it's a beautiful gift. Uh, it's a beautiful gift as well. And can you share, because the greeting cards are, supposed to be gifting cards what's the what mm -hmm. was the inspiration behind that uh behind that gift well like I said when I was working on the the journal and thinking you know it's specifically for people who've gone through cancer but you know cancer you do get the other can get to the other side of cancer and it's the cancer like you are not your cancer and I feel like for me, understanding and working through my cancer journey, what helped me was also realizing that, you know, as a person, as a human living through life, there are many cancers that we live through, right? Losing a job, going through a divorce, losing a loved one, like all these things that happen that really derail your life. And it's not only having a cancer experience, it's having a very human experience of like loss and change. And so the cards came from that. So it's the same, it really is, it's the same messages, but on the cards, the accepting cancer means to has been removed. And um, inside the cards, there is a little, um, the interior of the card sort of finishes the sentence that really applies for everyone, really does apply for everyone at all times. And I think that the idea of this package like you said is it's a gift for yourself and like reading through them and you know I was having the same experience I had created these things so I was reading through them and then it was like gift this to someone else it's like you have your experience with these affirmations and then you know share them and share them as a gift for people to then also have that experience as well I you know, love it passing it on pass it on the pay it forward with with that um, with the intention also uh, receiving the benefits of how good it feels to just give as well. So you're you're getting like double. You're getting the the love from the card and the love from giving. Um, I do want to close this conversation. I looked at one of your talking points that I think um, would be really helpful for our listeners. And it's related to mindset and the value and importance of your go-to methods for support. Um, I'm not going to give you like a round, like a number. <laughs> what are your three? What are your five? But uh, would you mind sharing what is a go-to method? Um, and what are some of yours that might inspire the listeners who are in a space where they might not have go-to methods because we just got to get through the 
the day. <laughs> so, so, so what are these um, yeah. mindset methods? Um, one is to just connect, you know, I feel like connecting to others and it doesn't mean that you have to have a person necessarily. Like if you do have a person that you can either just sit with, um, talk to if that like works for you, but just sit with. And that means like, maybe it's a tree, like there's a favorite tree in the park that you like to be next to. Um, you know, the thing that makes you feel connected, it's like the lack of connection just has a spiraling. And I feel like, you know, going through COVID was a huge example of that. Like there were people who were living alone and it was just like hard to find connection. Um, whether it's a class or like people that you're with, like get around something that makes you feel connected to the planet, to other people. And then in that moment, start to really connect to yourself. Um, get real with how you're feeling. Um, and if you're a feeling a certain way and you feel like you need more support, seek that out. I think that is a thing. Like we think so often, like I have to like do it myself and I have to figure it out and something's wrong with me if I can't. Um, but if you do need help and support, like you really just seek it out. There's no shame in doing that. Um, I think moving your body is important, but I think that is different for every person. Um, maybe you want to dance. Maybe, um, you know, honestly, when I was going through my cancer experience, the pose that helped me the most was literally Shavasana, like laying on the floor. And for me, that was connection to the earth, the connection to something larger than me that wasn't spinning out of control as I felt I was. And then, um, you know, that deepening of going inward and figuring out like what you like what makes you feel good, what you want to do in your life. Um, and like those things that maybe sometimes seem really simple, aren't simple, you know, and it might be binging on Netflix for a couple of weeks. Like maybe that's what you need to do to get to the other side. Those things that we tend to like judge can sometimes just be helpful and just like be fun and crazy or whatever it is. And just like move past that. But always I think the connection outside yourself <laughs> And the connection inside your health. Those are those things. Beautiful. And none of them are like going to find a mountaintop and sitting in silence for 45 minutes to two hours. They're very um, accessible and can be done. I, I I hear like the phone a friend, like mm -hmm. we're now we have the text or, you know, getting just getting connected that way. Um, but reciprocally, not in this like scrolling, what is so-and-so up to, but like making right. intimate actual, connection. actual connections. Um, and then I love movement, whatever that means to you. Um, even if the movement is taking the shape of rest in restoration, um, just one of the questions in like guided meditation is how do you feel and what do you need in my guided meditation that I've mm -hmm. developed? And just checking in as, as you shared, like in getting um, inquisitive and curious, like, what am I feeling? And then what does that, what, what do I need in this moment? And sometimes it's to lay <laughs> with your legs extended or up the wall or, you know, and to just to be in that, in that shape of, of receiving. So I love that. And then, or simply <laughs> putting on, this is something I forget. Um, as one of my go-tos, but it's literally the most simple thing is a song that I love. Everyone's got to, well, I don't, I guess I can't <laughs> assume that everyone likes listening to music or has a favorite song, at least in my circle. Um, but like the feeling you get when you're listening to your favorite song, it's, it's mm -hmm. visceral, like you feel it in your body. So if you want to move to it and even if it's a subtle sway or just like outright, like crazy dancing, um, I love that as a go-to as well. So none of them have to be labor or, um, time intensive. It's, right. it's really these simple, uh, re the simple shift, uh, that can happen by just those, those actions. But I love right. the, it might not be that one thing. Like you might need three or four songs before you move. <laughs> And that's no, okay. It's, so, it's just know. that one stop. <laughs> no, Play it four times. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, and and connection, which I think you 
kind of made me like open my eyes to this. If you haven't noticed listeners of Peaceful Power Project, the podcast, I have been like really into (laughs) inviting people to come share their stories. And because I, I would love for everyone listening, but also this is a a personal desire to connect with people that I see out there doing incredible things or that I see out there doing incredible things. And I haven't had a connection with in over a decade. And I, I desire that depth and connection. And I think that I, I am very lucky and grateful um, to have like a platform that allows that cultivates connection. So with that said, I am so grateful for you, Terry, um, taking this time to connect today. Um, I'll leave Thank this you, space. Sarah. If there's anything that I didn't ask that you feel on your heart to share or any last words that you want to share, I'll give a little space for that. Um, so mm-hmm. if there's anything you'd like to share. Thank you so much for having me. This has been fun to catch up with you. It's been a long time. Um yeah, you know, breast cancer is a thing. It's only not only one month, it's the whole year. Um, so look out there if you're, you know, into supporting any organizations. Do, if you know any survivors, Yoga for Cancer is a really great uh, way to reconnect to your body. There are free um, videos online. If you go for yoga, yoga number four, cancer.com, there's a beginner series which um, right now I think there's six videos that are free. Um, They target different side effects of cancer. Um, I teach two of the six of them. And I don't know, um, follow me on Instagram and you can get a journal or greeting cards. Um, I feel like people don't always do well at the holidays. So like this is something that is a nice thing for people at the holidays who don't really do well. But um, I'm also still writing my book, which I'm weaving like all these things. It's um, it's basically an introduction to yoga, um, and you know, I use this practice to kind of get me through my experience. Um, it's a little bit of my story, and a kriya practice that I've developed based on my favorite book, The Tree of Yoga by B.K.S. Iyengar, and um, so it is a full practice. Um, and eventually that'll come up. I'm still writing. Um, and just, you know, do things that make you feel good. That's all I can say. Beautiful, beautiful <laughs> final words there. Yeah, follow Terry on Instagram. Uh, tag us, share your takeaways, share this episode. And uh, I believe right now Apple Podcast is the only uh, platform where you can uh, leave reviews. So they're truly invaluable and they mean the world to me. So if you could review this podcast, I would be so grateful. Uh, And as always, wishing everyone peace, power, and presence today.